Hello! Welcome to another episode of Season 11. My name is Ivan and I'm one of the co-hosts of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. And this is our bonus podcast where we get an episode of Seinfeld. We come up with the plot and the ideas and we read it out like a story with new characters and recurring characters and everything in between. And it is set in the modern era, about 20 or so years later after the events of the finale. Unfortunately, Stephen couldn't be with me today. He's not feeling too well, so I wish you all the best, buddy. But uh, I'm going to go solo and I'm going to give you episode two of season 11. And this one is called The Waiting Room. So today's characters, of course, are the core four, Jerry, Elaine, George, and Kramer. Other secondary characters, or brand new secondary characters, I should say, Jonathan Wainwright. He plays a journalist that Jerry runs into in The Waiting Room, as well as the receptionist for The Waiting Room. And also Kramer's, I guess, adversary for the episode, Angry patient he's called and George's doctor Dr. Wallstein. So here's a synopsis of the waiting room. The core four are in a doctor's waiting room waiting for George's test results at his request which conflicts with their plans for the day. Jerry and Elaine are sitting by Jerry's pool as Kramer is swimming. Kramer says oh what a wonderful day to take a dip. They talk about random things when George texts Jerry, saying that he's on the way as he needs to tell him something important in person. Jerry and Elaine are humorously wondering what this is all about. Jerry says, Maybe George has finally realised the error of his ways and, I don't know, has become a priest to atone for his sins. Elaine says that she's going to the Women in Media conference tomorrow. I've been waiting all year for this conference. I'm bursting at the seams with excitement. Jerry says that he's going for lunch with Dave Chappelle to talk about a potential Netflix tie-in with their comedy specials tomorrow. Oh, I love Dave Chappelle. Tell him I said hello. Maybe you can interview him for your work. He is one of those aspiring people you told me you used to write about the other week. Elaine laughs and playfully pushes Jerry. Kramer comes out of the pool and says that he's going to a small business conference tomorrow as he's considering starting his own business again. Jerry and Elaine scoff at the suggestion. <laughs> Don't you remember what happened to the make-your-own-pizza-pie restaurant and all the money you made and then lost? I don't want that to happen to you again. And also with Cremerica Industries and what happened to your poor intern Darren all those years ago? Things are different now, Jerry. I've had a lot of time to think about what went wrong and how I can make it right. And finally hit the business jackpot. I see. Uh, well, I guess tomorrow's going to be a busy day for all of us. George is driving to Jerry's in a panicked state. He wonders why he got himself in such a mess with regards to his health, and he's wondering what will happen if he dies. <sighs> oh, who's going to look after my Yankees memorabilia? What's going to happen to all my Clint Eastwood DVDs? Oh man, this is horrible. Horrible! <coughs> Jerry answers the door and greets George. He's relieved when all three of them are at home. He sits them all down on the couch to reveal something important. The gang are kind of worried as George has never acted this way before. George reveals that he's getting his test results tomorrow and he's unsure if it's going to be good news or bad. He asks if the other three can join him at the doctor's office as a show of support. What kind of test did you go in for? Oh, just my routine blood test. Jerry laughs and reminds George that he goes for them a few times a year and nothing has ever come up. He wonders why George is really worried about this one. I've recently realised that I only have a couple of decades of life left, Jerry. Any test could be my last. I have a lot to live for. I'm not ready to go yet. Yeah, you have plenty to live for. <laughs> like Cheetos and baseball. 
George convinces them all to come with him after much coercion. Elaine is disappointed that she will miss out on the conference, and Jerry reluctantly says that he'll reschedule his lunch appointment. Kramer is the only one who seems to genuinely care about George's anxiety, and he says that he'll be there to support him despite having to miss the conference. I'll be there for you, buddy. Oh, looks like your business jackpot will have to be put on ice for now then. The core four are in a packed waiting room at the doctor's office. Elaine is reading tweets from the Women in Media conference and sighs. I can't believe I missed out on this for George. What was I thinking? George is talking to himself and is going over what his test results could be, while Kramer is watching YouTube videos on his iPad. Jerry complains about the lack of current magazines for him to peruse. Have they ever heard of ongoing subscriptions? Surely with the amount of money doctors make, they can at least get the latest editions of magazines. He stumbles upon a 2007 magazine issue with him on the cover. The other three are amused by this. <laughs> Slam magazine? Look how much younger you look there. You're quite dapper there, fine sir. Jerry reminisces about the photo shoot and the interview and how the journalist who interviewed him was a bit weird. He says that this was released when season one of Jerry aired on TV. Jerry also reveals that he keeps every article and photo shoot featuring him to Elaine's amusement. Ha <laughs> you're kidding. You've probably been in hundreds of magazines and newspapers. Are you telling me that you keep a stash of these in your house? Well, I like to be reminded of the success I've made along the way and how far I've come. That's a bit egotistical. What do you think, George? George is thinking aloud about what could happen to his spirit after death. Jerry and Elaine roll their eyes and dismiss what he's saying. Surely I just can't cease to exist and everything goes black. What the hell am I going to do for the rest of eternity if everything is dark? How will I watch TV? Jerry doesn't recall having this magazine issue in his collection. Kramer says that he should take it, but Elaine says that this is stealing. Jerry is caught in a sticky situation as he's obsessed with collecting all of his articles. There has to be a way to get it. Has to be! <laughs> Elaine wonders what she missed out on at the conference when George scolds her, saying that his test results are more important. Your women conference can wait. My health results supersede this. You know how long I've been waiting to get to this thing? Go next year then. I need your support right now. Kramer complains when his iPad battery dies, and he laments the fact that he forgot to bring his charger. He goes to other patients asking them for a charger with mixed results. Get away from me, weirdo. I don't have one of those Apple phones, sorry. Don't have one. <laughs> Jerry is reading his article and laughing, while Elaine continues to complain about what she's missing out on while reading tweets from the event. Now Amy Goodman is doing her talk? Oh man! Kramer is still asking around for a charger. A doctor appears in the waiting room and is calling out a patient's name. Mr. Cost. George waits with bated breath thinking that he is to be seen next. Costantino? George whimpers as an elderly man and his wife meet with the doctor. This is torture. Torture, I tell ya! <laughs> a strange looking man goes up to Jerry and asks if he can read the magazine that he's holding. Jerry says that he's reading it. Please, sir, I I've been looking for this magazine issue for many years. It, it would mean a lot if, if I could read it. Sorry, but I'm reading it right now. I'll be done with it soon. The man becomes more desperate every time Jerry refuses to comply. Um, I'm on the cover, see? I'm going to take it and add it to my collection. 
The man says that this is stealing, and he goes to the receptionist to report Jerry. The receptionist approaches Jerry and the gang. Sir, I've been advised by the gentleman here that you are planning to steal that magazine. Is this correct? But you don't understand. I I'm on the cover, and I need this for my collection. I'm sorry, sir, but you can't take magazines from the doctor's office. That's considered stealing. Told you so. Jerry offers to pay them for the magazine, and the receptionist refuses. Our patients have said that they enjoy reading the magazines in the waiting room. When did they tell you this? In 2002? The receptionist asks Jerry to leave before she calls security. He scoffs and says to the gang that he'll meet them all outside. George begs the receptionist to let him stay, but Jerry lightheartedly says that he can tell them the results on the way out. Jerry sees all this as a bizarre turn of events. The strange man grabs the magazine and smiles as he sits down to read it. Oh, how I've waited for this day. <laughs> Elaine is still reading the conference's social media pages when a young boy goes up to her and shows her his action figure. She laughs and compliments him when his mother comes up to him. Elaine says that she has a son of her own who is about his age. The mother ignores her and walks back to her chair with her son. <laughs> Why are some mothers just so rude? If my kid were here, I'd let him show off his action figure to you. A man in his 40s begins to complain about having to wait so long for his appointment as he goes up to the receptionist's desk. He asks when he'll be seen as he's been waiting for at least an hour. The receptionist says that he'll be tended to shortly. He becomes angry as he takes out his portable charger to charge his iPhone. Kramer spots it and approaches the man. Uh, hey, uh, I noticed that you weren't here when I asked around for a charger. It's because I was in the bathroom. Now leave me alone. Hey, it looks like you have a big portable charger there. What is that, 20,000 milliamp hour? Mind if I borrow some of that juice from my iPad? The man yells at him, causing Kramer to be caught off guard and fall backwards into the water cooler. The receptionist comes out from behind the desk again and tells Kramer and the man to both leave. They both do so in a huff. I'll wait outside with Jerry. George becomes even more nervous as Elaine will be the only one with him and the doctor to hear the results. Mr. Cost. Yes? Costa? Elaine rolls her eyes and sighs. George starts to become even more panicked. How can there be more than one person here with the syllable cast in their name? <laughs> I'll probably die right here in the waiting room before they get through all the casters. Oh, man. <coughs> Kramer meets Jerry outside, and Jerry asks why Kramer is soaking wet. An angry patient didn't lend me his portable charger. You should have seen the size of this bad boy. Oh, it was monolithic. So you took a dip in the Hudson River in response. Interesting. The angry patient glares at Kramer and walks off while using and charging his phone. The weird man from before exits the clinic with the magazine rolled up in his hand. Jerry spots him and says that he stole the magazine. The man reveals himself to be the journalist who interviewed Jerry for the article. Hang on, you're Jonathan Wainwright? I knew you looked familiar. Why were you so rude to me during the interview? Wrong! You were the one being rude to me. You wouldn't even answer most of my questions, and I have barely anything to go by for the article. Your attitude cost me my job at Slam Magazine. Do you know how long I've been looking for this issue? I kept reaching out to Slam to get a copy many times, and they never helped me out. When they went out of business a few years ago, it was next to impossible to find it. Every doctor's office and hairdresser I've been to didn't have the issue. Until now. Jerry offers to give Jonathan $100 for the magazine. He refuses. They both try to get the copy off each other. Kramer tries to break up the tussle. 
A security guard comes and grabs the magazine from them. He says that the receptionist called him to keep an eye on them. But you don't understand. I'm on the cover. I'm adding this to my collection of articles that I've appeared in. The guard doesn't budge as he escorts Jonathan from the premises. He says that he was told that Jerry and Kramer were waiting on their friends, so he says that they can stay outside and wait for him. Jerry wishes that he never came to the clinic, and he once again questions if getting his Netflix special was worth it after he, what he went through in the previous episode. Well, I guess I'll have to read a book like the old days while we wait for our friends in there. Kramer pulls out a mad magazine and starts reading it. Did you take that from the waiting room? Uh, I'll return it when I'm done. George is finally called into the doctor's office. He asks Elaine before they go in if she can support him no matter what the results are. Elaine begrudgingly says yes and that he'll be fine. They enter the room and the doctor sits them both down. He asks George how he's doing and he says that he's fine. The doctor tells him that something strange came up during the tests. Elaine and George both gasp. The doctor laughs and says that they previously misplaced his blood samples but found them later on. He adds that the results were negative and he's in good health. Elaine and George breathe a sigh of relief and she pats George on the back. I'm okay. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank you, Dr. Wallstein. Thank you. You're good, Georgie boy. He asks Dr. Wallstein what he's up to for the rest of the day. Oh, after I'm done here for the day, I'll be picking up my wife from the Women in Media conference. She's been telling me that she's been having a great time. Elaine's hands go into her head as she sighs once again. The talk with Amy Goodman was the highlight of her day. George and Elaine meet the other two outside and tell them that his blood test results were negative. See? I told you you'd be fine. Jerry tells them about what happened with the man and the magazine as they make their way to the parking lot. So the guy in the waiting room was the slam interviewer? Wow, looks like he's fallen on hard times. I wonder if he'll ever get his hands on that magazine issue. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, hmm. Meanwhile, the security guard is on his phone sitting outside the clinic entrance, commenting on highlights from the Women in Media conference. The magazine is on the ground to his right. Jonathan sneaks up near him and spots the magazine. He snatches it without the guard noticing. Jonathan smiles and runs off when he runs into the angry man from before around the corner from the clinic. The man was on a phone call complaining about his treatment at the hands of the receptionist. What? You want to steal my charger too? I'm going to get you. You're dead. The angry patient begins to chase Jonathan while threatening to hurt him. He runs for his life. And that's another episode of Season 11 with myself, Ivan, going solo. So uh, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. And uh, right now, these episodes are up on Patreon. So if you're listening to these but you're not on Patreon, head over to patreon.com forward slash Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, and sign up for $2 a month. Then you can listen to this episode and future Season 11 episodes. And we have some other bonus goodies as well. We'll see you next week for Bask and another episode of Season 11. Stephen should be back with me in the studio and we'll do it all over again. Take care of yourselves and each other and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.